Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so Franklin is going to head over to um, the Troll Hydra place. Uh, Troll Hydra place? Sorry? Yeah, the, yeah the you know, the, yeah, the Hydra farm. Yeah, that was run by Kappas, not Trolls. Tra Kappas, sorry. Trolls are the ones who stole the eggs. Yes, exactly. In the, the, in the troll market, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to head to the Kappa uh, Hydra Farm. Okay, so uh, just so you know, Kappa... Oh, uh, uh, Chris? So yes. I, I looked at regeneration again. So it, what it is is you can, for every rank you choose, to either make the rank make it heal faster or make it heal better. Okay. Ah, yeah. I see. Yeah, so it, it's one of those weird things where, where ranks uh, can mean two different things on the power uh so ah. so if you're a rank five you could be rank uh rank five in speed but rank mm. but effectively rank one in in like healing right uh or Can you, you could mix and match or is it like one all or nothing no you mix and match so you could also be like speed two uh healing three or whatever and then healing rules will war are just damage rules but in reverse so it's uh what uh, it's two D. It's uh rank minus two D minus two in D sixes uh, above four or something. Uh, whatever the, what, however damages. Huh. Um, so I feel, like, I feel like if you put everything into the quality of the heal, but only one rank in a speed, like an hour goes by, the person's on the verge of death, then suddenly, whoop, they're completely fine. Yeah, I'm just thinking. So seven ranks gives me five. So that's regeneration every round. And then two in the quality is how many D6 around? Uh, I believe it's four to get up to per round. And then three for quality, which would be um, 46. Okay, yeah. I head to the Kappa Regeneration Farm. Um, the, the Hydra Farm. The Hydra Farm. Okay. So uh, you head on over there and uh, you see that... Um, the Kappas who you met a while ago, Squeeps and Jeter, uh, they are currently hanging out a sign, uh, like, in broken English, it says, open 24-7. Now they're putting, hammering a sign into place saying, closed for the first time ever. Hmm. Squibs, Jeter, I haven't caught and you at a turn... bad time, have I? Hey, well, if it ain't the inspector, god dang, good to see you, man, how you doing? Ah, uh, doing okay, circumstances permitted. Ah, oh, yeah, I understand. Totally possible. Yeah. Uh, gotta admit, things are pretty shitty real right now. Whole lot of yeah. things that can go pear-shaped real soon. Yes. Um, we're hoping to hopefully stop that, but I was wondering if I could ask you for a small favor. Ah, oh, yeah, what's that? You need something to go? Uh, the fire's uh, turned off right now. We can get it up and running in just a second if you want. No, 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 no. Thank you. Thank you for the offer, but I'm wondering if you could help me uh, form a pact with one of your hydras. Oh! Well, and they kind of look at each other like, I mean, if that's what you're into, we ain't gonna judge. Sure thing. Tell you what, we're gonna get old Betsy out the back and we're gonna have you, yeah, we can get a pack wrestle up with you. Hold on. I think we got some apple fritters that you can feed her. Delightful. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, you hear some uh, shouting from the back, uh, from the back like, Hey, Betsy, come on, girl, get your ass up here, you god dang. And so, yeah, uh, soon enough, a... Very sleepy-looking three-headed hydra is pulled out from the back and just sort of like, uh, like sort of like waddles its way up the road. Like obviously they've done a good job of placating what is normally a very vicious and ill-tempered beast, as it looks more like 
It has the temperament of a sleepy basset hound as opposed to anything else. Mm-hmm. And so, all right, here you go, man. And so the uh, one of the other ones comes out with a box filled with, uh, yeah, apple fritters glazed with uh, melted sugar. All right, so yeah, I will uh, I will feed it uh, basically one to Betsy, making sure that all of the heads get equal feeding. Okay, so you uh, you head forward the box, and all of the heads immediately perk up and begin sniffing you um, with excitement. And so you take one of the fritters out, toss it up in the air, and one of the heads immediately boom like snaps it up. Then you toss up another, and one by one, all of the heads are uh, yeah just gulping down the fritters one after another. And uh, Jeter. Oh, well, look at that! Yeah, she likes you, man! Oh, good on you! And so soon enough, when all of the fritters are gone, the Hydra is licking its reptilian lips and looks down at you. And you get a sensation in your mind of it wanting to make a pact. All right, uh, I accept. Okay, so you now have a pact with a Hydra. In addition to spitting acid that is capable of eating through solid objects, uh, you also have high-speed regeneration. And again, just to double-check, uh, for seven points put into it, that's 4d6 health around, correct? That is correct. Okay. Because, holy shit, high-speed regeneration. All right. Uh, that's pretty much the only thing I wanted to do. Okay. Now, if you want to keep this packed up, you're going to have to come back here, and you're going to have to feed this sweet old girl some do- more donuts every single week. I think I can manage that. All Thank right, you, sounds and good, I, man. I, pet, I, I check to see which of the heads is acceptable to pets, and I pet the one that is acceptable. Okay, so uh, actually, like, uh, one of the heads comes down, and you begin scritching it, like, behind the jaw, and its eyes kind of roll back in the head just a little bit with a pleased sort of rumble coming from its chest. And then both of the other heads come down and begin offering up, like, the sides of their heads to you as well. All right, I give scratches. Okay, so after scritches for all three of the heads, uh, for a very good girl, uh, yeah, you then head back to see the rest of the group. And from there, uh, who else uh, would like some things to do right now? Uh, I have one thing I would like to do. Hmm. Um, while Blackmore is going off, I'm going to go home briefly. Okay, sure. Um... Yeah, firstly, just to debrief with Sophie. Secondly, to borrow a couple of the rabbit blood bags that she keeps in the fridge. Okay. Got a feeling they might come in handy. So you're taking the blood bags out of your freezer one after another, and so... So what's this about, then? Oh, um... You missed the broadcast. You must have been asleep, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, she, like, yawns a little bit. It's early afternoon at this point. Uh, I mean, you know my hours. Yes, uh, look, I came here to warn you, um, and also to grab some supplies. There's going to be another blackout tonight. It's going to be worse than before. Um, Even worse than before, but the last one was bad enough as is. Yes, this time there will be a hurricane. Like a literal one. A literal hurricane, yes, but also metaphorical. Um, the smiley-faced killer made a broadcast to all of London. Well, very likely all of the UK. Uh, and, um, well, essentially announced uh, his right to rule and that he would be taking massive action tonight. Why is it always the crazy ones? <sighs> we expect things are going to be bad. All Real right. bad. Well... So, 
Now, I know you came for a ride last night, but yeah. today I think we'd better just keep to the script, right? All uh, right. Same way it worked in the last blackout. If I'm not back uh, by tomorrow night, um, uh-huh. you go down to the precinct. All right. Uh, Otherwise... So, sun goes down, uh, you're not back here. Yeah, go back to the precinct, meet up with Boris. Yes. Otherwise, right. stay put. If the house is destroyed or you otherwise can't live here, uh, go to the gazebo in the park. All right. Uh, you got it. Uh, anything else you need? And you remember what um, Connor said, that this true pact involves, um, for every, it requires both humans and myths, and every participant basically needs a counterpart. Somebody who they can unequivocally trust. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah, okay, so Lavender's, like, walking towards the door, and then he, like, puts his hand on his forehead, he's like, ah, wait. Actually, Sophie, I have a favor to ask you. Yeah? What do you know about true pacts? And at this, her eyebrows go up. A little? What was that? Well, you probably know a little bit more than me. I just learned about them, uh less than an hour ago um huh? look things are going to be dire things are going to be bad tonight and right. uh well we think the, the the mythos unit that that they it might be necessary to make a true pact you're really pulling out all the stops for this then aren't you yes this might be our last chance uh in order to complete the ceremony every human needs a myth counterpart and the the two counterparts need to be two people who trust each other unequivocally. She's beginning to smile at this and nodding along. Uh-huh. I think you can see where I'm going with this. Uh, Again, I think I think so indeed, but how are you going to get into a pact with Boris for this? And she just, her mouth just splits into a wide grin. Very uh, funny. Uh-huh. Really? So you'd be willing to do one of these with me then for all this? Only if you are. Again, it has to be mutual. Honestly... You've given me a place to stay. You've helped me find my best friend, one of them anyway, and you could have uh, kicked me out any time you felt like it, but fact is, you've been good to me. Better than you had any right to with your, the job and all, so, yeah. And if uh, this is about keeping a roof over my head, then hell yeah, I'm in. All right, better grab your coat. Guess so, and my sleeping bag. Uh, this is going to be a, dri- a drive in broad daylight. Right, yes. Okay, and with that, Sophie gets herself ready. Now, as for the rest of all of you, is there anything else you would like to do to prepare yourselves? Trying to find something to see if that would work, but can't seem to find the hellhound. Ah, there we go. I'm trying to think, because there was still that that room, basically, that um, Sweeney was killed in. I'm trying to think if maybe I could use Hound Scent to try and track McCarthy, because it's fairly obvious he might have a stench to him now. Mm-hmm. I will say that if you wanted to go back there, you could try to pick up any type of scent that uh, Finn McCarthy would have. All right. Uh, I'll basically say to everybody else, like, all right, I'm still down for going out to the ritual, mm-hmm. but um, there's something I need to take care of first. Just swing by where um, Sweeney was killed once you are all ready. And, uh, yeah, I will basically bound out back towards there. 
Okay, so heading back to Fortune, you go up to his room, and as you might suspect, because this is one of the private places that he stayed in, like, despite the fact that he has this place regularly cleaned and stuff in between its uses, it does have his scent on a lot of things in here. Alright, um, so I'm going to use the Hellhound's Hound scent ability mm. and see if I can pick up a trail. Okay. Particularly, uh, whatever the freshest one is, because he was here probably, like, within hours before we left, because Sweeney was still alive. Yeah, so I'm going to ask you to make a mm, perception check. Perception. Let's see. You have that. Uh, 19. You sniff around, trying to find some type of trail, any type of trail, but... The only ones that you find seem to go, like, faded ones that go in and out, then kind of drift off as you leave the front of the club. Like, those were there a long time ago. The most recent one seems to go outside through the window, then it just seems to, like, vanish into thin air. <sighs> Fucking magic. But you do know you do have his scent now. At the very least, if you encounter him again or go near him you will be able to know that it's him from a distance. Okay. And uh, yeah, after that, um, since I have a bit of alone time, I'm just going, I'm actually going to have a conversation with uh, Rita, considering that I probably should ask her before I like, you know, co-sign her to this true pact. Yeah. So uh, you spend some time talking with her. And so I suppose things one way or another, they're going to end tonight, aren't they? It appears like it will. I hate to ask you this. I realize I haven't exactly been the most gracious of hosts. It's okay. You've been trying to heal, and you're getting there. It hasn't been easy, but you're trying. Do you trust me, Rita? Of course I do. Then I suppose I have found my true pact... I'd say cosine, but this obviously isn't a mortgage. <laughs> oh, okay then. Uh, and she drifts over to you and wraps her arms around you and pulls you into a hug. And it feels warm and fulfilling and as though for a moment, despite the knowledge of what's to come and what is bearing down on all of London... And the fact that you're not sure who may or may not live to see tomorrow. For a moment, Franklin, you feel like everything's going to be okay. And she pulls back from you, smiles at you. Okay, let's go kill the son of a bitch. Hell yes. <laughs> All right, so with that, yeah, uh, Blackmore will just post up outside of the thing and uh, mm -hmm. wait to get picked up. Okay, and how about everybody else? Uh... Obviously, uh, Quincy's gonna go home. Yep. He's gonna talk to John. Okay. So, yeah, you, the two of you are sitting on the bed, and yeah, he's just nodding along as you explain the situation to him. So, John. Yes. Um, I know I said it would only be for the one time, but. Well. I think, I think we may need to make a new pact. And he smiles at you. But, Quincy, you remember what I said? That until the nightmare is over. And until all of the dark things go away and things are better again. You did say that. And I'm going to ruffle his hair. Uh, <laughs> and uh, say, well, uh, if 
you're ready then, I will probably need to call on you for this true pact business. Okay. Let's do it then. And uh, then you hear, in regards to a true pact, and you turn and you see that Marn is uh, sitting by the doorway. Um, are you sure you want to achieve a pact with that small glowing human? You could have so many other better options. I appreciate the offer, Marn, but... Oh, I wasn't talking about me. Really, I truly don't care what you choose to do with your time. Oh. Anyway, feed me. I'll put out his food and say, well, I hope that I'm back tomorrow so we can do this again. Hmm. That would be nice, I suppose. And so with that, he just starts eating. Quincy puts the food in the bowl, puts up the sign that says the cat has been fed. Do not listen to its lies. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then Quincy's ready to go. And uh, on your way out the door. Oh, and <clears throat> Inspector, back a few nights ago, during the blackout, I never thanked you for rescuing all of those cats and the rest of my kin and giving them a place to stay. Well, I mean, if you could... If I could call in a favor, I'd ask you to tell me where the smiley face killer was, but hmm. I doubt that's possible. Hmm. Even that is a rare example of something that's outside my field of, of knowledge. But fortune does have a way of coming around to those who have earned it. And with that little cryptic message, he just continues eating. Quincy reaches into his pocket, and oh, it's the smiley face killer! He was there the whole time! Hmm. Okay, and I believe that just leaves Tony. So, Tony, uh, how about yourself with all of this and all of your preparations? Well, um, uh, Tony is, uh, um, is effectively putting together a, um, uh, a, a giant lightning rod to protect them from lightning. Uh, and he's more, more or less he's got this this figured out at this point. Yeah. It's well within his abilities to, to you know, put together. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes... Uh, let's see, how long does it take to... Him... Uh, it does take him, like, a few hours uh, to put together. Um, right. But uh, you know, when, once he's once he's got the the general idea figured out, he he basically can craft it up uh, quickly enough. Um. Okay, so um, all right, so you spend some time putting this together. It is an intricate piece of work, and you're just making sure that this thing will last after multiple hits from multiple lightning bolts. Because this isn't just an ordinary hurricane. This is going to be one summoned by a storm dragon, and you need to make sure that whatever this thing is, it's gonna last. Mm -hmm. Now, what I'm curious about, Tony, do you want the lightning to just be dissipated into the lightning rod, or do you want this lightning to go anywhere? Um, so, the current version, uh, that it will just, won't go any, it'll just absorb into the lightning rod and go into, into the ground, and it, it'll basically cover, uh, an area about, say, uh, uh, with a 35 foot diet, uh, radius, you know? Okay. So if you plan on designing this, where are you thinking of putting it? 
Um, so that's the thing is that uh, he there uh, he can basically just uh, bring it with him and you know uh, just a portable lightning rod. Well, it's not portable. It's it's it is quite like it is a full size lightning rod. It's not like his his anvil or his forge, but mm-hmm. it's, you know it's not heavy. It's right. Okay. Yeah. So- uh, he just uh the thing is it doesn't like take time to set up or anything it just like he he plants it in into the ground of wherever he's fighting and then just goes it it's it's deployable okay yeah so i deploy lightning rod um i will say that you are at your place working and um you are like there is a lot of work to do on this thing it's big it's intricate it requires a lot of materials and as you work, eventually um, there's a knock on your door. You look up, and there are a couple of dwarves standing outside. And w- one of them at the lead says, Hey, man, uh, wanted to ask, what are you what you up to right now? Um, well, I am... Uh, the, the plan is to face the smiley face killer while... In the middle of uh, a storm, dragon's lightning storm, I figured I could at least uh, negate uh, half of that. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, that's a lot to digest all at once. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I just thought we have... you would like building some roofs or something. Fuck, man, that's a lot. Yeah. So the yeah the doors come in and they begin looking over what you've done so far and they're like. Ah, well, interesting bit. Have you tried redesigning this rune here so that the lightning is channeled this way as opposed to this way? Yeah, and... uh, Yeah, Tony will, like, workshop with them. Okay, Uh, so... So, so, Chris, mechanically, I'm I'm about at my limit in terms of, like, how many points I can put into this thing. Are you telling me that I could, say, make a secondary power that's... You know, that... you know, go a little above what Tony would normally be able to produce on his own with this one? Um, I will say that, um, it's not really a mechanical benefit, but basically these dwarves, after you helped them the other night with designing bulletproof charms, they're basically returning the favor by helping you out and ensuring that you can complete this item within the amount of time that you have. Okay. All right. Yeah, because I, I, I actually do... There is a way to, to make it so the lightning rod charges an attack. Mm. But I just don't have the point... Like, I the it becomes statistically uh, improbable for me to be able to... A, finish it in, in time, and B, actually, like, uh, roll high enough to, to make it go mm. in one go. So, um, I, that's about... what I was asking, because you mentioned that earlier. Ah. So what you're saying is you you just need points to spend to make this feasible. Well, not so much points to spend, I just need, like, because this is using the invention Hmm. mechanics, I would need, say, a circumstantial bonus of about, say, plus 10-ish. I will say that for the sake of this being the second to last session of the campaign, you'll get it. All right. Yep. So, uh... So, yeah. Um, it will... So, the the lightning rod will also charge a lightning gun. Okay, then. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'll explain how it works off uh, off recording, but the okay. So you spend some time putting this together with the dwarves, and as a couple hours go by, actually, um, you hear another knock at the door. Looking over, you see that James Hightower is there, and so, um, I heard you were working here. Is it all right if I come in? Uh, yes. Uh, 
Is there something you need me to make? I'm, I'm um, just finishing up this here. Nothing to make. Nothing at the moment. I see that you're already hard at work. Um, I wanted to speak with you about another matter, um, Inspector Megalos. Mm-hmm. So, you understand that there is going to be something of a complex ritual that's going on. I was informed of it by your other co-workers. And that we are currently... Well, the rest of your teammates are gathering up myths that they can form packs with and such. Uh, uh, to perform this with. But you yourself have never held a pact with a human before. Uh, that's correct. Hmm. I want to ensure, Inspector Megalos, that you are included in this ritual. And for this sake... I wanted to let you know that if you are willing to, I would be more than proud to enter into such a pact with you. Uh, I'm not a I'm not a pact user, but we have several samples of that drug confiscated from the McCarthy crime family that can give a person pact related abilities. Uh alright. I um I would be honored to fight by your side and to form a pact with a man such as you. He nods at this. You're a good man, Inspector Megalos, and one of the damn finest additions to any squad that any police officer could ever ask for. So, get yourself ready. I will make my preparations on my end, and I will join all of you as we prepare ourselves for this ritual. And so with that, all of you make your preparations, and eventually it's about four o'clock in the afternoon by the time you finish, Tony. And loading up the lightning rod, you head over to where the van is, and you put it in the back. And you see that, I will say that the rest of you have also come back at this point to meet up, and Connor is there. So the myth that I will be making a pact with uh, is already at the village. I've told you a little bit about him. Um, Cal, the Avatar of Justice. He's got a couple different names, but... uh, He's a very, very old myth, and I've been trying to get him his power back by performing, you know, acts of justice and all that. Um, in Old Irish, he's known as Caledvog. In Welsh, Caledfuk. And in Latin, as Caliburnus. But a few of you might know him as Excalibur. Oh, well, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. I kind of figured a sword was a sword. <laughs> well, that's something else. There will be a part of the pact that's made. Um, there is an I- There are items that are proof of the pact that's made. Uh, one for every participant. And way back when, during the time of the Knights of the Round Table, they used swords to finalize the pacts. Nowadays, I mean, you can choose whatever item you feel as though holds enough significance for this sort of thing, but just... Uh, we do have swords available at the lake. It's up to you to decide uh, what sorts of items you feel are significant enough to bear the weight of a pact such as this. Are they, they're not destroyed in the process, are they? No. The Knights of the Round used their swords for the entirety after the, of their lives after the pact, so yes, they, these items are rendered indestructible in a sense. Just make sure you're making the correct decision on this. I've got mine. Okay. All right, and if that's everything, and then at this point you hear from Froth, "I way!" and Jack is running up the street, huffing and puffing as fast as he can before coming to a skidding halt by the van. There is no way. 
that all of you are becoming basically modern-day superheroes without me, okay? And I look around to see if he had brought anybody with him. Um, you see that uh, swiftly running down the street after him is a spring meadow, actually, off in the distance, and she's pulling up, and so, uh, hello again. I must say, this will be rather interesting to do. I've never participated in something like this before. Should be fun. All right, well, we don't really have time to argue. Everyone in the van. There's not. Um, and uh, at this, Irvine says, we'll be making one last quick pit stop. Swinging by the station. Uh, I think that uh, Creedy's also going to be jumping in on this. Is he out of the hospital? Uh, yep. Came by the station from what I heard. Been talking to uh, Spider Lady back at the station. So I think they're going to have a pack together. This back's starting to get a little cramped. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I will say that all of you load up into the van, just, uh, you know, not a lot of space between all of you, but soon enough, uh, yeah, like, with Tony and, uh, Hightower and everybody else, uh, Jack, Spring Meadow, Connor, and the rest of you, and your respective myths, it's already cramped enough, then you get back to the station, and, uh, yeah, you see that, uh, yeah, Creedy comes out looking no worse for the wear after his injuries from the day before, and Thalestra is striding up to the van beside him. Inspectors, it seems as though we find ourselves in a very interesting situation once again. I've been filled in on the details. Right, well, we're running out of time, so quick, into the van. Understood. Time is of the essence. We have a dragon to stop. And so with that, uh, he steps into the back of the van, and Thalestra just lights into the van beside him and primly takes a seat. So with that, uh, the van then rears off, and after a couple of hours that you choose to spend however you wish, whether in a companionable silence with thoughts of what's up ahead, or spending the time however you may choose, you then find yourselves uh, pulling down the dirt road leading down to the forest. And one by one, you exit the van, and after a short walk through the forest, you find yourselves in the fantasy village filled with myths once again, as many of them basically have their, uh, like, it is very quiet. But the only movement you can sense, like, you hear banging noises from up ahead, and you see that Viv, the elderly giant who is working at her forge as you come up, turns and sees all of you. Ah, I thought you might be coming, Connor. Fell winds as of late. Good to see that you come back, my boy. Hey, Viv. I've brought... Uh, remember what we talked about all that time ago? Well, I think i found some people who will be good to share this with. That you have, my boy. Well, I got the swords here. So with that, uh, she picks up a, a sack that is tiny in her hands, but is about, like, uh, the size of a you know, a duffel bag uh, to the rest of you. She sets it down on the ground, and it is filled with swords. Well, this is how I did it back a couple hundred years ago, so, I mean, I can do this again, uh, just like I did before. If you don't mind, I have my own thing. My own All right. uh, item. If anybody else has their own thing, welcome to do so. Otherwise, swords are in the bag. Pick one. Works for me. Yeah. That this, you see that Blackmore pulls out um, a like a necklace uh, mm. from around his neck and pulls it off his neck. Mm -hmm. And you see on the end, there is a wedding band on it that he just kind of curls up and puts into his hand. Okay. 
And, uh, yeah. Jack, on the other hand, is, like, going through the swords, like, examining each one before deciding on his acid sword. Uh, then, yeah, all the other myths, like, you're kind of worried about the fact at one point that Sophie and John are sort of, like, play fighting with each other and the swords and everything, but after careful supervision, it's clear that they're not going to hurt each other. But eventually, uh, then Viv leads all of you to a massive canoe designed to fit her size, and you are looking out over the mist-covered lake. All right, well, no time like the present. And uh, with that, she picks up this enormous wooden paddle from the bottom of the canoe and begins slowly rowing out into the center of the lake. And after about five minutes of paddling with no sign of what may be on the other side, as the sun overhead is slowly approaching the horizon, you see that there is a an island distant in the mist, and there are two figures on it. As the boat pulls up towards it, you see that in the center of this smallish island is a large stone table, completely round, maybe 50 feet in diameter. And at the table's head is a pure white wolf. Its fur crisscrossed with scars, its eyes burning like twin stars plucked from the sky as it turns its head to regard all of you. And it simply intones without even opening its mouth, You have returned, Connor. And Connor nods. Hey, Cal. Bad things are coming up. Figure, uh... You know, we do that thing we talked about. Indeed. The other figure standing besides Cal is a small figure in a cloth brown robe like burlap, the hood drawn up to obscure their face and pitch black shadows underneath. And the figure turns and regards all of you, and Viv, the giantess, simply says, Well, Marlin... It looks as though all of us are here. I suppose it's about time to begin the ritual. And with that, the figure reaches up, pulls the hood down, and it's Judge White. Oh, well, fancy yeah. seeing all of you here. Blackmore just kind of sighs and is like, you know, I should have seen this coming. Attraction. I suppose so. Um, if I might ask Blackmore. And he, with this, he uh, goes up to you and puts his hand on your shoulder with a serious expression on his face. Was the muffin useful? Oh, God, what was the muffin for again? I can't remember. I told you, you would be able to use it when the time was right. I, like, still have that on my person? Like, what did I do no, with that thing? you gave it to Quincy and he ate it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Blackmore is just going to kind of nod and be like, right, and then look over at Quincy. Quincy Excellent. Quincy doesn't know who these people are or what's going on. Mm. <laughs> So, uh, with that, all of you gather around the table, taking one spot after the next. And um, Judge White, or Merlin, as he may be known, We are gathered here to perform a time-honored ritual that has only ever been done once before in history, to ensure that the melding of hearts between humans and myth alike may be performed. To grant power for both for the sake of justice, for all creatures living in this kingdom. 
so that good may triumph over evil, that light may banish the darkness. And now, in our hour of most dire need, the joining of minds and hearts come together once more. Do you all swear to uphold justice for the sake of all of England? Uh, yes. Quincy takes up, <laughs> raises the sword that he feels very uncomfortable holding and, and yep. nods. I swear. Uh, uh, I swear. And one by one, it goes around to all of the other characters, and one by one, they all intone the same. Uh, and soon enough. Well, with that, let the ritual commence. And he slowly lays his hands on the table, and you have all formed a ring around this table, each of you having a sword, with the exception of Blackmore, with a chain and a ring set in front of you and the swords are pointed into the center. And as Judge White sets his hands on the table, runes begin to glow across the table's surface. White runes that begin lining up and alighting one by one until the entire table is glowing. And with a surge of light, there is a sensation of raw power that hums as all of your hair stands on end as your clothes begin to ripple in an unseen wind, and soon enough, the entire lake itself is glowing pure white and all of the mist is banished. Raw mana pours through all of you, and all of you feel your power begin to swell and surpass anything you have ever known. So, for all of you, your character point limits are raised to 160. In addition, the myth that you chose to make a pact with, your abilities with that particular myth are raised from a power level limit from seven to nine. Okay. And Tony, this goes for all of your abilities as well. All right. Tony believes in self-love. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, I assume all of the myths are also uh, ranking up to, to nine, effectively. You are looking around. Um, as the light is fading away, uh, Spring Meadow is coated in vines, and as her entire hair is just filled with flowers and blossoms, Celestra is slowly closing her eyes as she seems to be like a living shadow, spiders rippling and writhing across her. Um, Sophie, her eyes are blood red with no signs of pupils as her skin is chalk white and her nails are extended into razor sharp red claws and John is glowing like a newborn star. We are all immediately incinerated. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh god, no! And yeah, so at this, um, Cal, the pure white wolf, all of his scars uh, blindingly white to look at looks at all of you and intones it is done and suddenly all of you hear a crack and a boom on the horizon and you see off in the distance clouds are forming and slowly beginning to cover the sky as the sun is slowly approaching the horizon and with this Viv there's no time to waste time to go back to London all of us and so uh. with that um, Cal just uh lets out a howl that fills the air and you can sense that back in the direction from whence you came across the lake all of the mists that you believed were in hiding were in fact preparing for battle as one by one 
trolls and elves and centaurs and pixies and gnomes are all coming out of their homes and their burrows, weapons in hand and armor donned. Okay. And so Viv gets all of you in the canoe and you all paddle back to shore where you see that the troops are gathered and there is a slow march back through the forest the way you came as the air ripples with promise and there is power in all of you as the new knights of the round table make their way out of the forest and off in the distance you can see that the unicorn uh, Sparklehoof is standing next to the van with Irvine in the driver's seat Unicorn's super scary am I crazy? Oh, the um, unicorn super scared. Oh, that's what it was. He was yeah. he was scared of the curse and uh, the fact that it was the smiley face killer's, you know, bogeyman curse and stuff. Yes. yes. But yeah, he's waiting for all of you. Woohoo! It seems as though we are ready for glorious bloodshed in combat! Shall we make a path to London? Uh... <laughs> uh <laughs> she continues uh, to nod. <laughs> yes! Excellent! It has been so long since my hooves have tasted the thrill of violence! Come, everyone! To London! And as Sparklehoof rears back on his hind legs and whinnies, a beam of light shoots out from his horn, forming a rainbow that hits the ground directly in front of him, but then arcs up, up, up into the air, streaking off across the sky before slowly approaching London off in the distance. Uh, listeners, you can insert your own Rainbow Road joke here. Uh, I'm afraid mm. I've used my one for the night. And don't you forget it, Harry. Come so, on, I'm the birthday boy. I'm a little guy. <laughs> <laughs> you get one more. <laughs> all right. But with that, um, all of you piled back into the van and revving the engine. Um, Irvine is getting ready to pedal when suddenly a pixie darts in front of the windshield. Then another and another and another. And they begin flying in a circle around the roof of the van. Irvine looks up in confusion, but golden dust is filtering down from the pixies. And slowly but surely, the van begins to rise up into the air. And Irvine looks back at all of you a grin like you've never seen before on his face as he revs the engine. Just say when. Go for it. Right on. And with that, he turns back the rainbow in front of him and back at the head of the army, Viv on his right-hand side and Sparklehoof on his left, Cal, or should I say Excalibur, roars out, Come, Miss! Come, myths of England, to battle, to a glorious dawn! And with this, Irvine bellows, I fly! And the van roars into life, racing across the top of the rainbow, and it begins to speed up to nearly supersonic speeds as the rainbow's magic activates, and the van begins streaking across the sky kicking up rainbow sparks in its wake as the rest of the myths roar in unison and begin charging up the rainbow bridge. And as you climb up, up, up into the sky, off in the distance, the clouds 
off on the dark horizon rumble. And for a moment, there is a dark shape silhouetted amongst the clouds of a pair of wings rising, then falling as it makes its slow, inexorable path towards your destination, London. And this is where we are going to end our session for tonight. And next session, we are heading towards the campaign finale and the final showdown with the smiley face killer and his legion of darkness. So, listeners, thank you for joining us so far. We have one session yet to go. Anything could happen, but the fate of London and the whole of the United Kingdom is on the line. So, we will see you when we see you at the other end of the rainbow. Thank you for joining us. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay positive. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr at listentothesenerds.tumblr.com or on Twitter at LTTNCast. All our music is sourced from Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at listentothesenerds at gmail.com.